On this week's XJ Talk Show, we hear about one of the largest recalls yet, and the numbers are approaching record numbers. The bad part? It includes Jeeps. We spread some of that YouTube love. Hear from Nikki G, and Josh's subconscious pays us a little visit, too. We've got a couple great reviews to share with you, and John gives us a heads up on a couple really cool new communications products. Steve drops by for another Jeep Archives, and we have an in-depth interview with the one and only Jeep Mama on the next XJ Talk Show. The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Talk show is on the air. Okay, it's a podcast. Oh, you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony and Josh. First week in G. Well, we knew it was bound to happen sooner or later. Another round of recalls hits the automotive market, and this time, well, it's Chrysler and Jeep on the chopping block. Chrysler Group has issued safety recalls for 747,000 vehicles because problems associated with alternators and electric power mirrors and such. The company is re- the company is recalling 434,581 model year 2011 to 2014 Chrysler 300, Dodge Charger, Challenger, Durango, and Jeep Grand Cherokee vehicles equipped with a 3.6-liter engine and a 160-amp alternator. And that's the key thing here. It's because the alternators may suddenly fail in these vehicles, which would cause a potentially dangerous engine stall, which we all know would kill you. (laughs) Chrysler also issued a recall for 313,326 model year 2011 to 2013 Jeep Wranglers over a wiring issue in power mirrors. may result in a fire. Now, you stare at that mirror too long, you have it out of adjustment, well, it's going to burst in flames, and you will die. <laughs> this is the second recent recall for Chrysler. Of course, earlier this week, companies issued the company issued safety recalls for 2014 model year Dodge Durango and Jeep Grand Cherokee SUVs to fix a potential problem with the airbag safety system. The recall covers 184-some-odd thousand vehicles globally, including 126,000-some-odd vehicles in the U.S., Electronic unit in these vehicles, the occupant restraint control module, that does kind of sound important, doesn't it? Can develop a short circuit. That doesn't sound so important. Or, well, it sounds important, but certainly not good. That may result restraint systems such as the airbags and seatbelt pretensioners to shut off and airbag warning lamps to illuminate on the dashboard. These recalls push the total number of such safety announcements deep into record territory. And earlier this year, automakers have issued more than 50 million vehicle recalls far more than any previous year to date. Guys, if you would like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep or you have one of your own uh, or any response to uh, any one of the stories you've heard on This Week in Jeep, please call us, give us a call or send an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. I'm pretty sure it's Obama's fault. 50 million recalls. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a good old-fashioned blame-storming session. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've been kind of having that. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJTalk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even... 
well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one just sitting there listening to the XJ Talk show. Why aren't you a part of it? What? Tell me more, you say? Well, it's pretty simple. You can become an XJ Talk Show reporter. All you need is a smartphone and the ability to talk to people. Just email reporter at xjtalk.com for more information. Today's podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player, your Android, whatever device you got. I'm sure they got a book for you. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial over at www.audibletrial.com slash Show. YouTube love. No, it's mm. not. That's not something recently banned on YouTube. It's a little segment we have here to share our uh, appreciation for our new YouTube subscribers. We got like six hundred and forty-nine or something now, Josh. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice little jump here recently, and knocking on the door of two hundred thousand views. So keep up the good work, guys, and make sure you keep spreading the word. We take a few, well, four to be exact, names out of the list every week. No particular order. So if you haven't heard yours yet, stick tight and well, sign up. And make sure you subscribe to get on the list. Mr. Bomba Boy 82 on number one spot. Must like the peanut butter. Uh, 7J9R5. Interesting. I'd have a hard time remembering that one. Jimmy Ryder in our number three spot. Oh my gosh. Mr. Jose Angel Rogloways. There he is. <laughs> Les Nesman. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget to go over to youtube.com uh, slash XJ talk and subscribe. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Did I mention I'm really tired? <laughs> so let's get to our, uh, our Nikki G voicemail. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ talk show. We want to thank you for calling our 24 seven voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, this week I want to give a compliment and uh, ding, 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 give a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, I'll start off by saying that uh, on the way to food line yesterday, Passed a woman on the side of the road, had a flat tire in an old beat-up Chevy truck. And so I pulled over to offer assistance, and I took the jack out of my Jeep and my tire iron. And uh, jacked, really up her, jacked up her car and took her tire off. We're going to stop that one because that's not the right one. I was going to say, I was just putting in chat, I, I swear we've played this one. Yeah, that was last week. So, and then the wheels came off. That's all right. It's, uh, you know, technical difficulties every now and again. Uh, voicemail gets uh, relabeled, shuffled around. Guys, we have so many audio files that, uh, that we have to juggle around on a regular basis uh, that uh, sometimes something falls through the cracks. Uh, doesn't get, uh, you know, queued up in the, in, the, in the right manner. We lose track of it, one thing or another ends up leading to be where it's uh, not where it's supposed to be. 
And uh, these kind of things happen when you're juggling around this kind of uh, level of audio files and everything else. So that's it. Hang on. Well, we should have it here in just a few minutes. Yep. Uh, you know, I was really proud because I forgot to put the uh, Josh's subconscious on. And I, I knew I only had about 38 seconds because of the Nikki G. And I had it mm-hmm. ready. And then I started playing Nikki, Nikki G when I went, wait a minute, that's <laughs> last week's. All right. So yeah. let's, let's take a pause. And then I'm going to yep. start it from the, uh, the voicemail announcement. Okay. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I want to apologize for my tyrant last week about no spare tires and people we drive around like idiots without them. It's been brought to my attention by several people that the reason why the youth of today do not have spare tires is because there's no room in their trunk for a spare tire with all those damn speakers. So uh, I apologize. Almost, maybe. All right, gentlemen, I will chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. Well, see, I thought he'd go the direction with all the junk in the trunk. Well, but he went the spare tire route. So. I was okay. thinking that the tire was too big. You know, when you put a thirty-three or a thirty-five inch tire, you know, if you don't have a tire mount, where are you going to put it? But yeah, yeah. but uh, he wasn't helping uh, off-road only vehicles. Uh, whenever uh, uh, that uh, that voicemail that he sent in last week that I it seems like I just heard. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, I know you'll be excited uh, and I know you're never aware because it's your subconscious, but we have a new Josh's subconscious this week. Oh, here we go. Yoo-hoo. Oh man, I can't believe it. I went to a party last night at the local dairy farm at night. They turn it into the gay barn. It was so much fun. And I must have fallen asleep, and when I woke up, I was underneath one of the dairy cows, and my first thought was, oh man, are you boys still here? I was utterly shocked. Oh well, toodaloo. Utterly. <laughs> <laughs> utterly shocked. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have to say, I, I, uh, I was definitely utterly shocked uh, to wake up underneath a cow. From the mind of Nikki G. what I don't get. This is a square of toilet paper, which is intended for your butt. You know, very performs a very important function. This is for your nose. Why the size difference? This has been from the mind of Nikki G. Wise words indeed. Why the size difference? As a, a philosophical question to this depth, I don't think has ever been asked before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sad, but true. Now, uh, I know you guys really got, uh, really enjoy uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ on xjtalk.com and uh, his segments. We have a, a new uh, Jeep archive uh, for coming up for you right now. I don't care. I want to skip that. I've already made okay. the mistake. <laughs> Uh, hey, doing another thing wrong. Take a little pause. 
Don't make me come down there. Oh, I'd make you work the board. <laughs> and now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Welcome back to Jeep Archives. Uh, last time we left off, we were in the year 1946, and the CJ-2A had hit the civilian market. The uh, Willys M38 was still being produced for the military, and uh, there was a number of little things that were updated for that. And now we need to look at what happened to the rest of the civilian market for Willys. Now we got to go back to about 1939 when Willys Overland was uh, a car company that was much like what you would think of in American Motors, uh, if you can remember back that far. Uh, Willys Overland was the car for the working man. It was the car that you could uh, get and use for a economical commuter. It was uh, the kind of a car that if you were living in an apartment, which was very common in those days, uh, where there wasn't much parking space, you could get one of these smaller Willys cars and you could uh, drive it to work and uh, you could just be the uh, uh, regular working person, you go home to your apartment, you go back to work the next day. Uh, in other words, it was the car for people that had dull lives. But that wasn't selling very many cars in 1939. In fact, it hadn't sold very many cars for quite a while. Because even Ford, who had the original working man's car, had found that the working man's car, while initially was a good deal for them in the Model T and the Model A, was not the way of the future. People wanted style, they wanted speed, and the speed in those days was kind of relative. Uh, if you could find a road where you could hit 50 miles an hour, that was fast in 1939. Because, well, most roads were off-road at that point. But uh, at any rate, uh, the Ford Motor Company had departed from that, so had Chevrolet, so had Dodge, Everybody had figured out that if you made your cars go faster and with a little bit of style, you could sell cars. But Willys had not figured this out. And in 1939, they were bankrupt. And they had to reorganize and go through bankruptcy court and all that stuff to try to keep the Willys brand alive. So when 1941 came along and World War II was developing and they got the contract for the uh, Willys MB Jeep, things were looking pretty good because uh, they made a lot of Jeeps. And as a result, they went from financial insolvency to having a lot of money on their hands. And one of the things that they decided to do was to reinvent the civilian market, and they thought that Jeep was going to be their salvation, and it was. Uh, Willie's cars never really did a lot. Uh, you can 
find a few that have been turned into hot rods, maybe a restoration here and there. But uh, for Willys, they're known for their Jeeps because that's what they made the most of. And so during the Second World War, when they were making all this money, they were looking ahead to find out what can we do when this war is over with. We can't just keep making these little Jeeps. What else can we do? Well, they decided to stick with their philosophy of the working man's vehicle, the uh, uh, vehicle that you take home, that type of thing. And they noted that there was going to be an emerging housing market right after World War II. And in fact, this is the case. Um, most people at that time lived in apartments. And if you look at uh, uh, the way that towns have grown, and you know, if you want to take a little historical tour through the neighborhoods, uh, you don't really see too many private houses until post-World War II. And in fact, there was two kinds of places you lived in, in town. There was the Victorian mansions, large, spacious, expensive for the day. And then there was the apartment that was many times above a business in a downtown building or uh, towards uh, World War II. They started uh, making them in large blocks and, and people rented and that's just the way it was. There was two kinds of homes. Take your pick. There was really nothing that we would call middle-class housing. And so with this post-World War II housing market that was emerging, and we're not talking big houses here, we're talking the quintessential 800-square-foot, two-bedroom house, um, they accurately projected that these people would need a station wagon in order to do that. And so the Willys station wagon was born in 1946. And it had some real technological innovations to it, if you want to call them that. Uh, one of them was that uh, it was made out of stamped steel. All of the station wagons prior to that, and even during the early years of the Willys station wagons, were what we call woodies. And this is not a sexual thing. This is just what they were called. Uh, they were made out of wood. And Henry Ford started that uh, by breaking up his packing crates and using them as car parts. And they didn't stop doing that. They were still using wood in their uh, cars up until about 1950 when they copied willies and started going to stamp steel panel trucks and so forth. But you could get the willies as a family station wagon that uh, had windows in it, or you could have a panel truck, and it didn't have the usual kind of tailgates that we have. It had the kind of a tailgate that was two doors that opened from the middle outward, and you could get to the back and had an amazing 114 cubic feet of storage in them. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot nowadays, but at that time, it was. And they were powered by an amazing 132, or excuse me, 134 cubic inch Go Devil flathead four-cylinder engine. Same one they put in the CJ2A and the Willys MB. And if you really wanted to upgrade and get the deluxe model in 1946, you could get the Lightning 161 cubic inch flathead six. I hope you're finding these... Uh, names kind of humorous because they really are because in 
1946, Ford was producing two uh, versions of their flathead V8 for their cars. And I don't have the horsepower figures, but I've had a couple of them. And uh, I can tell you that uh, they were a whole lot faster than these four cylinders and, and six cylinder engines. And uh, in fact, in those days and up into the late 50s, if you wanted a fast car, you went and got yourself your Ford Flathead V8 and you threw it in an old Model A that's been stripped down and put some speed parts on that were pretty uh, common in those days, some high compression heads and dual and triple carburetors and uh, you could bore them out three-eighths of an inch if you wanted to. That's not a, a typo, folks. Uh, I didn't stutter. You could actually bore those motors three-eighths of an inch. I had one that was bored out five-sixteenths of an inch. Uh, and you could have a fairly fast car for the day. So uh, these names now, the, with the Lightning and, and the Go Devil, uh, they were really kind of slow motors. They didn't have much horsepower. Uh, with that little four-cylinder, uh, if you were coming up to a hill, it could smell it coming, and it would slow down before you even got to the hill. <clears throat> 134 cubic inch flathead four-cylinder was not something that you wanted to drive in mountainous terrain because it was very slow, and you did a lot of 25 mile an hour uh, as fast as you could go uphill traveling. In 1950, they uh, made some changes. Uh, I want to back up 1948. You could get the Willys station wagon in a four-wheel drive version. It had the same four-cylinder, T90 transmission, Spicer 18 transfer case, Dana 25 front end, and Dana 44 rear end in it. That the CJ2A had. And uh, it was just basically a grown-up Jeep. And Jeep kind of stuck with that philosophy. For quite a while. Another thing was that even though we had a little design change in 1950, we had the first boxy Jeep station wagon. I kid you not. It seems like it's the only kind of station wagon they knew how to make up until the uh, the 90s when they made the uh, Grand Cherokee ZJ. The uh, uh, trend at the time was to have rounded aerodynamic corners. And in fact, uh, if you look at a, a 40 Ford, which is famous, uh, very collectible, and I think stylish, especially for the time, they are rounded aerodynamic cars. And uh, in fact, some of uh, some people who like to uh, do drag racing, serious drag racing, like to use 40 Fords because they are very aerodynamic. So Willys comes along with the boxy station wagon, the forerunner to our Jeep Cherokees. And they stuck with that boxy look and boxy design. Like I said, clear up into the, the uh, latter half of the 90s. So in uh, 1950, we uh, have the boxy design, but we're going to get very aerodynamic here now. We're going to have a V-shaped grill. Still a slotted grill, but now it's got crossbars, chromed crossbars across the front. And uh, I think that was about the only piece of chrome on them was uh, in the grill. And uh, 
they had flat fenders, stuck with the flat fender design that they had uh, on the uh, CJ2A, except that they were stylized flat fenders. They had a little contour to them. Uh, they'd learned how to stamp sheet metal a little better by this time, so now we had stylized flat fenders. And we got new motors. We got the Super Hurricane. Or excuse me, the Hurricane, 134 cubic inch. And then later, the Super Hurricane, 134 cubic inch. And we also got... Uh, a six-cylinder that uh, was called the Tornado, or excuse me, uh, that's later. Uh, we had the Hurricane 134 and Super Hurricane 161 cubic inch. And what were these? Well, they'd gone and taken a look at uh, the engines and gasoline had gotten better and uh, uh, you could actually start buying octane gasoline. And if you are familiar with octane ratings, that's the rate at which gasoline burns when it's 100% octane. I don't think you can get a drop of octane in gasoline anymore. But anyway, that was the high test stuff, the premium. Sometimes they called it ethyl, depending on the brand. And uh, they uh, started upping the compression. And the way they did this at first was to take these L-head or flathead, if you want to call them, engines, and they put an overhead valve in them which was on the intake side, and then they uh, retained the exhaust valve in the block. Um, this allowed them not to have to retool too much, and uh, it did allow them to up the horsepower just by upping the compression, and so they squeezed a little extra horsepower out of the same tooling, didn't have to recast the block too much, and uh, away they go. So now we go, get up, clear up to 1962, they get the 230 cubic inch. Now, this is sort of a big motor for the time. The 230 cubic inch Tornado engine. And uh, one of the things that uh, was ahead of its time on this was the fact that this engine was no longer an F-head, which is all they had been producing up until that time. Uh, they were way behind the times, so they decided to uh, do some research and get way ahead of their times, and they produced the first production overhead cam engine, and it was an overhead cam six-cylinder engine, and uh, they Jeep did not revisit this technology until the uh, 1999 year when they put uh, a 4.7-liter V8 in a Grand Cherokee with an overhead cam engine. So uh, the uh, Jeep station wagon, as boxy as it was, continued its production run for an amazing 19 years. Does this sound kind of like the XJ? Maybe they had a good thing going here. Uh, they uh, produced 300,000 of these things, and that may not sound like a lot when you're talking 3 million XJs. But there's 10 times the amount of cars on the road now as there was then. In fact, probably more than that. So this was actually a good, long production for a uh, model that really essentially changed very little. 
Now, there's one other thing, and that is I used to, or in our uh, segment on CJ2As, I mentioned the Jeep commercials that you used to be able to see. One of the things that they did with the station wagon is they had the Maverick model, had an extra piece of chrome on it. Well, that was fun. What the heck was that? Let's see. <laughs> Tony, you'll have to edit some of this out. <laughs> Sorry about the phone call in the middle of my recording. Wow, that was loud. Oh, I, you know what it was? He was recording on his anyway, cell phone. the uh, <laughs> uh, Jeep station wagon now had a special designation, the Maverick model, had an extra piece of chrome on the door, Live right, uh, right where the window rolls down there, that little area, uh, had some fancier instrumentation on the dash, and uh, that was about it, except for the two-tone paint job, and it was called the Maverick Edition because it was Jeep, Willys rather, that sponsored the Maverick show with James Garner in it. That was James Garner's first real claim to fame, and it was where we saw a lot of Jeep commercials. So they had a special model named the Maverick in honor of that show that started in 1963. So there we have it. The first four-wheel drive station wagon for the common person in suburbia. And they continued with that, even though there'd been a couple of company changes and reorganizations and name changes, clear up to this day. We still have the SUV that is aimed at the uh, average person in suburbia that you can haul the kids, you can haul the groceries and a few things home. And it all started in 1946 with some very forward-thinking people in a company that almost went entirely bankrupt. I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to see what uh, ringtone that was that Steve had on his phone. <laughs> Man, I, I, you know, I had a, a couple things going on a, on a couple different tabs and stuff, and I, I freaked out. I think I was like, "Oh, geez," you know, I, I clicked on something and it started playing, you know, some <laughs> autoplay or something like that. I was, I was freaking out, and so I'm closing everything up real quick, panicking. Yeah, I was staring at you, going, "What are you? What are you doing?" Because yeah, I know right. I didn't do anything. <laughs> And and about uh, almost about the time the music was done, I was going, oh, that's right. Steve warned me that there was a phone call in the middle of his, his segment. <laughs> <laughs> so when I edit to these things, these the guys, I just kind of get the noise out of it and then amplify the whole thing and then cut the ends off and it's done. It's ready for uh, for for the show or so we think. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, oh, man. The cam- if the cameras would have been on uh, when that happened, you guys would have uh, would have probably fallen out of your chairs or uh, seats or whatever you're uh, sitting in right now, uh, watching Tony and I scramble and panic. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, that's uh, that's live radio straight from the fifties, nineteen fifties. So uh, you know, Josh, we have some reviews. Strangely enough, 
Yeah, fantastic reviews coming out of iTunes this week, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job there. We've uh, encouraged you guys to to head over to iTunes, leave those five star reviews, and it's the comments that we really like to hear. The five star reviews definitely help us. Um, the comments is just an overall feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys about what you think of the show. Um, you, you know, your overall opinion of it, good or bad. We want to hear about it, uh, and so that's where the uh, the reviews and the ratings come in. So uh, make sure you guys are heading over to iTunes and and dropping those off. So, uh, Tony, you want to take lead on this one? Sure. I'm going to go with uh, the most recent one. It is uh, awesome XJ podcast from Mr. 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 Miser. Um, MRI, MRI Meister. MRI Meister. Okay. So, anyway, a five-star rating, of course. Great podcast. Tony and Josh have great chemistry. Uh, oh, hope, hope Homeland Security doesn't find out about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they also have a great Great guests, like educational segments. Their voicemail segments are hilarious. That's you, Nikki G. Uh, overall, great podcast. One of my favorites. I listen to every one. Oh, that is good to hear. That's great. Love Thank you. Kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that might be uh, Mr. I am Meister. Mr. I Meister. Uh, in any case, uh, maybe he's a radiologist. I don't know. I like the MRI uh, Meister. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've got another one here. Comical podcast about Jeeps by dl dunn and he gave us a five-star rating says keep up the good work very nice there i'm glad to, to you know hear that you guys are uh, getting a little bit of entertainment out of this and hopefully we're delivering a, a chuckle every now and again too yep oh and uh, i will mention that uh <laughs> we we normally come in and do because sometimes we sound too professional and we don't want to, you know, like like we're all above you guys and everything. So we say a couple of knuckleheads with the microphones. <laughs> Tonight is a perfect episode to go into that. Hey, we're, we may sound like professionals, but we're just a couple of knuckleheads with Jeeps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that last segment right there pretty much disproves <laughs> we have any sort of professional uh, operation going on over here. So. <laughs> Well, no, good times for sure. Good yeah, times for sure. Let's get into a little more professional segment uh, from uh, uh, John Prerunner 1982 in our uh, Radio Comtech segment. Now, we should have had this on last week, but uh, uh, you know, I had to do a little cleanup and uh, files and some things got moved around, and uh, John was uh, good enough to uh, put the thing back out there so that I could get it and get it for you tonight. So let's do a little Radio Comtech. And now it's time for some radio com tech. Another warrior is on the mesa. This is John, pre runner 1982. And today on Radio Com Tech, I'm going to discuss a couple of uh, cell phone accessories that can make your cell phone usable even when the cell phone network goes down or you're outside of cell phone range. The first device is called the Gotenna, or Gotenna, or Gotenna, <laughs> whichever you prefer. The Gotenna is just that, an antenna that you purchase and download the app to your smartphone. The antenna connects to the phone via Bluetooth and has a 20-foot range from the phone. Now, this comes in handy because the uh, antenna can be strung up in a tree to increase range. The uh, website says that the range uh, in the city for this device is a half to one mile, and in flatter terrain such as over water, the desert could uh, be four to six miles. Of course, with the antenna strung up in a tree 25 feet, yes, I said 25 feet, because normally when you're using a device, it's up in front of your face, and that's about normally five foot off the ground. So your antenna can be up to 25 feet in the air, which uh, could drastically increase your uh, your usable range. 
The Go 10 operates in the 151 megahertz, which is a MERS frequency. Uh, MERS does not require a license and data is allowed. Uh, text or data takes up less bandwidth than voice transmissions do, which takes up less radio spectrum. Now, the Go 10 is a text-only device which can certainly be a downfall. Some of the features of the Gotenna is it can share your location on offline maps. It has individual and group messaging. It has a shout broadcast to anyone within range, a proximal friend map and location pinging. Text messages can be encrypted and it is compatible with iOS and Android. The antenna is two watts, has a rechargeable lithium ion battery, a micro USB connector, a nylon attachment strap, is water resistant and dust tight. Uh, this device looks to be on sale winter 2014, early 2015. One of the drawbacks of the Gotenna is that you can only communicate with other Gotenna users. So in a, a an emergency situation, you better hope there's Gotenna users within a, about a mile or so of your location. You can go to the website to find out more. That's Gotenna.com. The second accessory I'm going to talk about today is the Beartooth. It too allows communications via radio from your cell phone. However, it is voice and text. It is a cell phone case that has an antenna on top, much like a handy talkie or an HT radio does. This device can communicate with other Beartooth users as well as traditional two-way radios. The first devices should operate on the FRS, GMRS, and MERS frequencies. Uh, my only concern here is GMRS requires a license and FRS uh, has a half watt max. Future applications include ham on 2 meter and 70 centimeter bands as well as commercial, industrial, and public safety applications. The range of this device can be up to 2 miles, typical of a, a two-way radio with minimal wattage. This too offers text message encryption much like the Gotenna does. Uh, at this time, there is no estimated release date. The device is also not yet FCC approved. The device also has a 2000 milliamp hour battery, doubling the life of the phone. Now, the benefit of this device is the ability to communicate with other two-way radios, where the Gotenna is limited to other Gotenna users. However, I think this radio could benefit from the Bluetooth uh, antenna design of the Gotenna. Um, allowing you to string the antenna up in a tree for more distant communications. A Bluetooth antenna uh, may also not allow it to be FRS compatible, as the FCC requires an FRS radio to have a non-removable antenna. Find out more about Beartooth? Go to Beartooth.com. I look forward to finding out more about Beartooth, and we'll certainly keep an eye on both of these devices as they come uh, more readily available, and uh, perhaps do a follow-up uh, report sometime in the future. I would also like to thank James Hager for posting the link to the Beartooth on the XJ Talk members Facebook group. If you have any comments, questions, or anything you'd like for me to talk about on a future Radio Comtech segment, send me an email, prerunner1982 at yahoo.com. This is John, prerunner1982. I know some of you guys out there are new to the Jeep and off-roading and uh, maybe have got there because of Skywarn or uh, bad weather if you don't know what Skywarn is uh, and you just uh, you want to be able to, to get out and go from point A to point B. Well, one of the things you really need is some, some way to do emergency communications. If Even if you're not transmitting, just be able to hear what's going on. 
That can be a scanner or some of these things that John talks about. Now, we'll mention real quick that the <clears throat> the uh, Go 10 or whatever, whatever the hell it was called, I thought it was hilarious the way John put it, three different ways of, of saying it. Uh, just mention to you, basically what they're doing is that little attachment is the trans, uh, the transceiver. And you're talking from your cell phone to it via Bluetooth. So you're not mm-hmm. using your cell phone as a transceiver. You're just using the mic and the speaker connected Bluetooth to the radio transmitter, which is that little stick-looking thing. So that's the reason why you don't get much uh, much range out of it. And I, I just want to wholeheartedly recommend to you, get your ham license. Get a two-meter radio for 35 bucks from Amazon.com, and, and then you can talk 30, 40 miles. It's, you know, it's a little hassle having two different things, a phone and a handy talkie, but they're tiny, they're cheap, they're, you know, they're disposable nowadays, and the range on it is much greater. Ham license real easy to get. Josh has his. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have been studying. In oh, fact, good. I've got an app on my phone now that I, that I use just about every day, and, uh, and I'm flying through the chapters, and, and uh, I'm not quite to the point where I'm passing the test for every chapters yet, but as I go back and retake them, um, I'm familiarizing myself more and more with the, with the questions that are coming up and the material and, and everything that's in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this year, this, this is going to be the year. The rest of, well, I've got a couple few months left, but, yeah, it's going to happen before 2015. So any aha moments on any of this stuff that you're learning and you go, Oh, that's how that works. Or, Oh, I didn't realize that uh, a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still, uh, there's still a lot to go, uh, as far as, you know, how many chapters I, I've still got to go through. So, uh, I'm sure there's, there's a lot that's going to be, there's going to be a lot more of those aha moments, so to speak. Well, I know, you know, a lot about electronics, uh, a car stereotype stuff and, uh, wiring uh, the vehicle power systems and, and things, but uh, the communication side of it can be a little uh, a little different. Especially, I guess the thing that I found most interesting is learning about the different size antennas depending on what frequency you were on. I did not realize that, and as soon as I learned that, I started looking at TV antennas, antennas on police vehicles, and you could see how that matched what what you were seeing. It was like this this thing that was in front of you that you never understood the correlation to, and then all of a sudden, boom. And of course, now I can I can spot a police vehicle real easy by the antennas that are on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, as we promised last week, we have uh, an interview with uh, Tammy. You know her as a Jeep Mama. Uh, if you hang out on Google Plus and uh, you're a Jeep person, I'm sure you have uh, seen some of her posts. She has a blog, and she'll talk a little bit about that in uh, in this interview that we did uh, last week, week before last, I believe. So uh, I know we've been. Uh, uh, going through a lot of things here and we finally got to the point where we can play this interview. So, uh, Josh, how about we do it? Yeah, let's get into that. Been looking forward to this one. Jeep interview with Jeep mama. Hey, welcome back guys. We have a great interview tonight, uh, with, uh, Tammy. You also know her as uh, Jeep mama on her, uh, her blog. Tammy, thanks for being with us tonight. And, uh, first off, give us a little idea of who you are and uh, what you're doing. I mean, obviously there's gotta be Jeep involved here. Well, um, thanks for letting me be on your show. Um, yeah, I'm from Maryland. Um, originally, I grew up in Minnesota, in North Dakota, um, but ended up in Maryland um, as a stay-at-home mom. And um, I guess we got tired of our Dodge journey, and it was time to buy a new car. And um, so a friend of ours 
was um, heading to Assateague to go camping with the Boy Scouts. And he, we were following behind him. It was like a caravan. And he pulled over his Jeep. It was a sport. And he, all the boys get out and they take the top down. And I was like, man, God, I would love to do that. Yeah. So the, the next thing you know, like two weeks later, there I was in a Jeep. Now, did you get it with a soft top or uh, it's a, a JK, right? What year is it? Yeah, it's a 2013. Uh, um, yeah, is it soft top, hard top, or yes? It's a soft top because I thought, you know, for me, um, I didn't want to be out on the beach with, um, and it started to rain, and I wouldn't be able to get the, the top back on because you'd have to leave the hard top at home. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, just went for the easy way and got a soft top. And, you know, it didn't seem noisy. Like everyone said, oh, it's going to be so noisy. And, it, you know, it was, it's fine. And it's, it's cold here in Maryland. Um, but all last winter, um, they, Jeep has a powerful heater and it, it keeps you warm, <laughs> even with the soft top. Yep. You may have made a great idea uh, or had a great idea not getting the hard top. Yeah. And I, you know, it just, it would have been one more thing to have to, you know, take on and put off. And, you know, the soft top's easy. You can just pull over and do it in like two minutes. Yep. And I can do it by myself. Well, that was what I was going to ask too. Uh, how about the doors? Do you take the doors off as well or do you leave those on? Um, we took them off once this summer and, uh, we, me and the boys, we went driving around the neighborhood and we were freaked out. <laughs> it um, is a little bit strange, isn't it? It is very strange. And everyone says it's something you get, have to get used to, but, um, I mean, I think I would do the front doors. I just, I don't feel comfortable with the doors off with my boys. Well, not driving around the city. I mean, we are like right outside of DC. So, and people here are, are crazy drivers. I think maybe if we went, you know, camping, if we were out, you know, trail riding, I think I would take the doors off then with them in the back, but not driving around in town. Well, have you considered uh, tube doors instead? Yes. Um, eventually, I would like to get those. Um, but with no doors and my boys in the back, I just, and then it's just, you feel so exposed. You're yeah. not used to everybody seeing everything about you, <laughs> you know, your legs and your feet and it's just, you know, it's an awkward feeling. I guess it's something to take, you, you know, you have to get used to. But I know people who drive around with their doors off all the time just love it. I, I like the the ones that have the peg right there yeah. at the bottom of the door and they stick their, their whole leg out there. Yeah, their foot's hanging out. My <laughs> luck, you know, some car would come along and clip my leg. I've been trying to talk my brother-in-law uh, off of his motorcycle and into a Jeep because you get the same type of open air feeling but you still have yep. more protection around you uh right. in, in a wrangler so and plus jeepers wave just like motorcyclists so you know you, you're not losing anything there oh i'm so bad about waving i get waves from everybody oh. and, and I, i'm 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 so i'm like they're all they're going by by the time i get my hand up shame I, on you i'm just so anti-social my wife tells me so shame shame my <laughs> husband's the same way he doesn't wave he gets mad he waves like two times when i let him drive um, and then he's like, well, forget that. I'm not waving anymore. They don't, they're not waving back. Well, let's actually, let's talk about your husband. Now your, your husband, this is interesting because I get the feeling your husband is not uh, a Jeep person and not off, not an off-road person. This was totally something that you decided you were going to do. So is that correct? Is he not, is he driving a car or, or what um, does he actually drive? he, um, he's always wanted a Jeep, but he wanted an older Jeep, you know, like a two door, you know, a CJ something from way back when just, you know, to tool around in. And then, um, 
I kind of stole the thunder from him and got my G. <laughs> That's correct. Actually, it's actually in his name, but don't don't tell anyone that. Um, so um, we got my Jeep, and then he was still driving around in my old um, 1996 Chevy Cavalier because um, we were going to drive it to the ground because we didn't have a car payment. Mm-hmm. After he saw me driving around in the Jeep, he's like, "Wait a minute, I need you know a manly car." So he actually. <laughs> I said, why don't you just get another Jeep? We could have two Jeeps. You've always wanted a Jeep. And he's like, no. And he got um, himself a big, huge Chevy Avalanche truck. Well, there you go. I, that's 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 manly. Yeah. I was I was driving trucks before I got into Jeeps, but we now have three Jeeps. I have a, a, a 99 XJ, a 2003 TJ, and uh-huh. the 98 XJ that I drive. And I've uh-huh. done all the modifications, too. So that's all we got around here is Jeeps. So, uh, you know, two Jeeps in the family wouldn't have been a bad deal at all. I wish. Yeah. yeah and he, he just, he doesn't get into the off-roading, but you know, he needs to give it a fair chance and come with me. I think he would enjoy it. And the same with my boys, but they're all, you know, computer freaks, you know, they like their technology. So they would rather, you know, drive a Jeep on, you know, some need for speed video game instead of the real thing. Oh, it's, it, and I know you know this, it's nothing, nothing compares with it. You can't take pictures. You can't take videos no. and, and get the sensation of uh, concern, either concern for your vehicle or concern for your, for your safety yeah. because of what you're going up over and uh, on the side of. So it, it's, it's, it feels a, so much more intense Yes, inside your Jeep than it does. Even if you're there, outside of the jeep and even when you're watching videos it's just a different sensation when you're inside your jeep it's i, I can't explain it now i know uh because of uh, seeing some of the things that you put up on uh, uh, google plus that you've done some modifications to your jeep what all what all things have you done and what are you planning on doing um i got grab handles no um my first modification was the front bumper i just was tired of looking like yeah. every other you know stock jeep there are so many of them out there so i got um the front bumper from barricade and i was able to put it on mostly by myself i had a um some help with my husband of course i wasn't strong enough to um, get those bolts off um we didn't have any air tools i guess is what you call them right so he helped me do that and then it came time to wiring the um the lights to move to to move them and they just didn't fit. And I'm like, but it has to fit. I read online, you know, you just have to pull this and that and it will fit. So he's like, no, we're going to have to resplice it. I'm going to go get some wires. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, it's going to work. So while he was out running to get some um, wires, I was, I just kept looking and looking and I figured it out all by myself and I hooked him up. And when he got back, I'm like, ha, see, I told you so. We yep. didn't need to do it. Let that, um, be, so a, I, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> yep. So I, we, we put that on and I was just struggling with what I wanted to do next. I really, my first modification I really wanted to do was get rid of the side steps um, and oh, do yeah. rock sliders. And everyone's like, no, no, you know, you're not going rock crawling. You don't need those. So um, I was thinking maybe I'll get a matching rear bumper. And then um, Extreme Terrain contacted me and asked me if I would... Um, review their pro- a product of theirs. And I said, sure. And so they sent me the sliders, which is actually what I really wanted. Good. And um, so that was my next one. And so now comes my third modification, which I'm just struggling with. I don't know what I want to do. I, I really want to lift. Some people say that you really should 
get to know your Jeep as it's stock when you're off-roading. Um, it'll make you a better driver. Um, but I really want to lift and I want new tires, but that's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know. I have to wait and see. Tires, Somebody- tires are probably about the most ex- fun, expensive thing that you can get. Uh, I love buying tires. There, it's a whole oh. adventure. There's a smell to it. There, it makes such a huge difference in the look of any vehicle. Anytime you go from from the standard uh, ice cream tires that come on the vehicle right. to, to something that's more beefy, a little, little more, it just it just makes the vehicle look much different, and it's right. very exciting. And the thing with tires, I've got to be careful of is here in Maryland, um, my fender has to cover the whole tire. That's why they make bushwhacker fender flares. Yeah, and that's what I'm finding <laughs> out. And see, it's a, the, everything, all of this is so new to me. So I'm like constantly on the internet researching stuff and, you know, autos and vehicles and anything like that is just foreign to me. So this is, everything's a learning experience. Well, that's the, that's the fun of it, though. And uh, over at xjtalk.com, that's why we always encourage people to ask any question because it. You know, you you don't grow up knowing this stuff. Right. Uh, you have to go through and learn it at some point in your life if you want to learn it. And uh, it just boggles my mind how people will go to a forum and be told to, you know, Google is your friend and did you search for that? Or that question's been asked a thousand times before. Uh, we don't do that on xjtalk.com. And this is the reason why. Because we get just as excited as you do because we remember when we were asking those right. questions when we were first doing it. Right. So, and now you're making me think, oh, maybe I should get tires next. You know, oh, I don't know. So it's like, I wish I would just win the lottery. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it, it's, it wouldn't be as fun because right. the the wanting and the thinking and the planning and seeing it come together and then somebody, uh, a, a complete stranger telling you, that's a really nice looking Jeep. Right, right. It, that it, That's amazing how people that wouldn't even say, wouldn't say two words to you normally will stop you and ask you questions or give you a compliment about your Jeep. It's it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to ask you, uh, oh, actually I was going to tell you, the only damage that I've done on my Jeep off-road was I dented the rocker on the driver's side. Wow. And I, and I was told... You don't need you don't need sliders because it, you're not going to have a problem over uh, at, at this nearby uh, off road park called Creekside. They don't have any rocks. You don't have to worry about that. Well, yeah, I found a tree, a submerged tree stump. So yeah, I bent the rocker and I had to pull it out and I covered it up and I took care of it. Well, I got sliders, so I'm really happy to hear you got sliders on there because it's better to have them and not need them than to get them afterwards and have to do a repair. Well, ironically. Um they hadn't arrived yet when I went to Roush Creek for my 201 driving course, the second one I took. Mm-hmm. And um, Kyle, the instructor, was guiding me through this obstacle of, you know, some little tiny rock crawling, I would say. So once I got through it, I'm like, okay, phew, and I let my guard down, and I must have hit another rock uh, the wrong way, and all of a sudden, crunch, crunch, and everybody there was like, what was that? And they're running around looking at my Jeep, and it, we didn't see any damage, but then when I got home and I was taking my side rails off and put, putting the, um, the rock sliders on, I had cracked the bottom of my side step, and I had pulled one of the bolts and the connector off the side step just from that little... Mm-hmm. Itty bitty rock. So I think it was a great decision to put on those sliders. Even yeah. 
there. I mean, they were just itty bitty rocks. Well, I don't know if you've considered this or not, but what you have there is a great escape vehicle as well, where people are going to be uh, uh, stuck basically on the highway trying to get yep. out of town. <laughs> You're not going to be, and nope. and and the the sliders you may not use on rocks. You may not use them. Uh, technically off-road at a park you may use them just trying to get from point a to point b getting around everybody else that's yep. stuck on the roads so yep. people don't i don't think people consider that whenever they're doing these things they they say like what you heard oh you're not going to do rocks so you'll never need those well you don't know what you're going to need them for because you know it's a, like i said it's a vehicle that can get you uh, pl- places where no nobody else could normally go. Right. Uh, oh, I was going to ask you about your front bumper. Is that a winch bumper? Do you have plans for a winch? Yeah, I would. Yes, eventually. Um, and it's you know, am I going to use it? You know, and I'm thinking, well, probably not. But actually, you know, I'm maybe not to pull myself out. Knock on wood. Watch that'll happen the next time I go off roading. But you know we we have snow here, and oh, yeah. last year you know there was tons of neighbors in the neighborhood stuck in the ditches. So you know it would have come in handy. Oh, you're going to be Cadillacing in that snow. You're going to look at everybody going, "Oh, you poor yep. bastards! You got yep. you got your little your little cars, and here I am in my Jeep, and you guys yep. were giving me a hard time about wasting the fuel and uh, damaging the environment. But look at me, I'm driving on the snow. Yep, nanny, nanny, boo boo. <laughs> So, yeah, it was fun last year. We got like, uh, got a foot, two feet of snow. And I said, honey, I'm going to go out and just look around. I was out in the neighborhood driving around for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, so uh, let's get back to that uh, that uh, course that you went to, uh, that you took. Uh, you said it was at Roush Creek? Yeah, Roush Creek in Pennsylvania. It's in an old coal mine. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen it on TV on uh, Extreme Four by Four a couple of times. They go out there. Um, so, what did you uh, what did you learn? I mean, did you? I'm sure you knew ahead of time what was going to be going on with this. But uh, what did you learn out there? Um, I learned so much. Um, the first time I went, it was a private lesson. It was just me and the instructor, and he showed me about um, the which I didn't know what it was. I always saw this button on my Jeep, and I it was just this like this Jeep going down a hill or up a hill. I can't remember what it, what it looks like. And I'm like, I wonder what this is for. And I never pushed it, but it's the hill, um, descent button. Oh, so and it drops you down uh, into like first gear. I'm going down this rocky hill and he's like, take your foot off the gas and take your foot off the brake. And I'm like, no, I'm going down a hill. He's like, trust me. And so I did it. And it's like the Jeep drove itself down this hill. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, so amazed. Um, and I will have to admit, I did not know this. Um, but when you put it in four wheel low, he's like, it's like a manual. See this little plus and minus sign there. And he's like, you know, that's first gear, second gear, third gear. And he was explaining how and I'm like, wow, I, you know, I never knew that. And these are, you know, they don't tell you this stuff at the dealership. I'm just, all I know my whole life is you get in the car, put the key in and, you know, turn it on and you go, you know, I never grew up, you know, with four by four. And so all this stuff was just new to me and it was, it was exciting because it was, you know, you're learning something new. Um, what else did I just, I guess probably what was the most exciting or nerve-wracking or concerning thing that you did uh, while you were learning that? I mean, it certainly sounds like 
uh, going down the the steep incline, just letting the engine doing the uh, the braking, so to speak, right. for the vehicle was was kind of concerning. But uh, was there anything that you did you at any time feel like you were going to roll over? Because I think that's one of the biggest fears that everybody has. Right. Well, it's funny because I saw a video uh, before I went there. I just went on YouTube to look just to see what <laughs> myself into. Right. And there's this video of the instructor, and he's the the jeep's on you know, this slight incline at an angle and he gets on the Jeep and he grabs the top of the Jeep and he's on the outside of the door with his feet on the side step and he's rocking it like he's going to try to tip it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I noticed it didn't tip and I'm like, okay. So he went and did that to me thinking he's going to freak me out. But I knew <laughs> it wouldn't tip. But when I'm sitting there in the Jeep and I'm like, holy moly, this thing is going to flip over and it didn't. So I think, you know, that rumor that you know saying that everyone says oh you're going to flip your jeep you know i mean i know it does happen but it's it's not going to happen when you think it is because it's you know they're pretty stable yeah it's just that sensation you get when you're inside the jeep is just so different i uh, i'll be watching the news and in the in the morning usually and they'll show traffic and, and occasionally you will see a, a vehicle that's flipped over on its top on on the you know on the freeway right and, and I'll, I'll comment on twitter uh, it's not a Jeep. Uh, there's another right. car flipped over on the on the right. freeway, and it's still not a Jeep. <laughs> right, right. I think that the other thing that was was hard was it. This is my daily driver. This is the car, yeah. the vehicle that I use to take my kids to soccer, and I mean to get groceries. So the, it was a little nerve wracking that I was going to damage it. But you know, after going to Roush Creek, Creek twice, and then I went to Nemecolin Resort. And those trails were more muddy. And just seeing what I could really do in a stock Jeep, it's amazing what, you know, it can go through. And it comes out fine. You know, even the noises you hear when it's scraping the bottom of your Jeep and bouncing around. And, you know, they're tough. They're very tough. Oh, yeah, they really are. And they're they're great from the factory, like you've already found out. Now, uh, I'm like you. I'm the same position you're in. I haven't been off road that often in mine, but mine is my daily driver. Uh, I've modified it quite extensively, and but right. I still drive it back and forth to work every day. And that's my concern: is getting out there and uh, breaking a U joint on an axle, uh, and then I have to busily work all day Sunday to try to get that thing back together so I can go to work Monday. Right. Uh, so, but a lot of that, a lot of that, the concern I have is comes from me not taking it off road uh, that much and getting it back home because you know when you experience that that's whenever you start getting the relief and you understand that okay it's not going to break or right. i'm in control over that so right. you know i can get it back in in one piece and then i can make it to work or in your case you can uh, uh, take the kids where they need to go right so yeah think, yeah it's it's all a matter of 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 knowing what it can and can't do and taking it slow mm-hmm. just going on like at Roush creek you know the first time he took me on all the green trails which are you know the the easy trails, and he took me on some of the blue trails. And then this next time, we went on a little tougher blue trails, and you're like, okay, I can do that. You know, it's not so bad. I don't think right now I would never take it out on, you know, rock crawling because, you know, I don't think she would she would be able to do that um, unless she was lifted a little more. But, right. you know, the green and the blue trails, a stock Jeep, no problem. 
Now, uh, yeah, so you don't have uh, front disconnects yet, so that you don't get no. so you can get better articulation. I guess on the uh, on the TJ, they probably have uh, rear disconnects. I I've not learned that aspect of it because the the TJ we have. Uh, we don't take off road. That's the one my wife drives and I'm certainly not going to do anything to it where she's going to get after me. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I've got mine set up better for that than, than hers, but I do have front disconnects. I have leaf springs in the back where I think you have coils. Um, but uh, disconnecting, uh, disconnecting those uh, wheels so they can drop and get a little more uh, uh, articulation really is nice. Now, of course, I'm sure you know the lift is there so that you can put the larger tires on, and the larger tires are there so that you can get better clearance between the bottom of that uh, the front and rear differential and whatever right. it is you're trying to go over. So uh, I think a lot of people think that the raw the the tires make the difference about what you can get in and go through, and it, it really it does, but it's not because of the tires; it's because of the additional height. Right. So, yeah. So that's one thing to consider. Also, too, it makes it look badass. Which is the, the really cool thing. <laughs> my, my son's like calls it beast mode. I got to make my Jeep look beast mode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He wants a forty cal on it. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. Uh, so, oh, I was going to ask you earlier how how old are your boys? Um, my oldest is going to be fifteen here in about a month, and my youngest is nine. I, I can't believe the fifteen year old isn't uh, all guns for getting out there and driving the thing off road. If it were his dad's Jeep. He would be so into it, but anything uh, he's like anti mom. So whatever yeah. I am, yeah, I guess so. I, that's that's about the right age for that. Yeah. So because <laughs> you know moms just aren't very cool in the eyes of a teenage boy. Well, I suspect that you get a uh, a nice bumper with a tire carrier that swings out or swings down, and uh, uh, if you haven't already got the sliders on there, the sliders and the lift and the tires, uh, mom's going to be a lot more cooler, especially as he starts hearing things from people. Well, and he's going to be getting his license here in about a year. So he's going to, you know, he's going to want to probably not drive the Jeep mom Jeep with the license plate, but you never know. And oh, now yeah. friends like the Jeep. So yeah, Jeeps are cool. There's just no two ways about it. And, and I went and picked him up at school today and there was probably four Jeeps in the parking lot. Students with Jeep Wranglers. Yep, Jeeps are, are, are really getting very popular. Jeep's doing really well, uh, even with that uh, uh, 2014 Jeep Cherokee that uh, so many of us that are, are real Cherokee owners hate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, Tammy, this has been a great interview. And uh, as I do with uh, all my guests, I like to uh, ask how if people would like to get in touch with you or read more about your Jeep and your adventures, uh, how could they go about doing that? Well, I have um, a Jeep Mama Facebook page. Um, I'm on Twitter at Mama Jeep, and I'm on Instagram, Jeep underscore Mama, and my blog is www.jeepmama.com. And if I remember right, because I think I see a lot of that uh, same stuff on Google+. Plus. Oh, you, yep, I'm on Google+, Plus as well. Thank you. Oh, that's Sorry. right. Uh, but uh, if, I, if I think that I see some of the same stuff that I've seen on your blog, so... Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting things that you put on your blog about uh, like putting the bumpers on and your decisions yeah. that you go through. And I think you even asked some questions uh, about, uh, at least on Google Plus, about how you should do things. And uh, 
uh, with your Jeep and getting uh, input from people. So yeah, that and, it, and honestly, that has been fantastic. The outpouring of positive response from other Jeepers sharing their experiences and, you know, just it's been a great experience getting to know all these people. Yep. And uh, hopefully that'll continue uh, and you won't get any of the run into across any of the bad apples. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not yet, knock on wood. Yeah, but we all know they're out there. So, uh, Oh, and the other thing was, uh, so you're getting Jeep Waves. Were you getting getting them when it was stock or did, did you have to get the modification on there first? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, whenever you started getting the Jeep Waves, was it uh, prior oh. to the modifications or after? Um, you know, it's about the same. And a lot of, and I don't know if it's here and everyone says, no, it's like this everywhere, but I think I get more waves from non-stock Wranglers than um, like the, the newer Wranglers. I get more waves from the older Jeeps than I get from the newer Jeeps. Yeah, that's interesting. The people who buy the newer, the newer Jeep Wranglers, like the, the 13s and the 14s and the, even the 12s, they don't wave. And I think they, to them, a Jeep is just another car. They don't think they um, they get it. And you just want to pull them over and shake them. Hello, you're supposed to wave. <laughs> yeah, I there's take tickets. Yeah. The Jeep police. That's right. And uh, actually, I think I saw, there was a, uh, an XG Talk member that had actually taking uh, taken a sticker that's a, a, basically a handprint and put yeah. it on their mirror and says uh, Jeep wave. So actually, I was going to buy those, and my, I have a business card. Um, and one of my blogs is about the Jeep Wave, and I have a business card that um, talks about the Jeep Wave, and it links to this blog. And um, I'm starting to put it on parking Jeeps and parking lots in their windshield. So hopefully, <laughs> I'll slowly educate the world. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way to look at it. Tell us the the address to your blog one more time. Um, www.jeepmama.com. Great. You guys check her out. Tammy, thanks so much for the great Thank interview. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, Josh, can you tell she's excited about Jeeps? Heck yeah. Now, that is that is just the, the coolest thing ever. And uh, she's got two very lucky, well, I'm assuming two lucky sons. Yes. Uh, her, her family's uh, very lucky to, to have a mom like that. Is so involved with Jeeps and the off-roading and, and, and getting lessons and stuff like that. That is just very, very cool. Well, and the great thing about doing the interview was I didn't realize that nobody in the family is into off-roading. She's going out there by herself and learning how to go off-road, learning how to use this Jeep. Uh, how many women uh, do you know that uh, would, would take on that task just because they think it's cool and fun and they want to learn? Not many that I know, seriously. Uh, so she's uh, what we might call a diamond in the rough. Yep. Well, I, I think there's more women than just Tammy that are that is interested in the off-road thing. Uh, and they're a little timid because it doesn't fit the mold of, you know, what a woman should be doing. Uh, and I, that's one of the reasons why it's, it struck me that uh, here's somebody that's very um, uh, intense on the Jeep hobby and it really got bitten by the bug. And she's getting, you know, doing the bumpers and doing the modifications and doing all the same stuff that we've gone through. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, perhaps she could be a role model for those women that maybe wouldn't have normally chosen to get into the sport. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I mean, it's, it's great to be out there off road with a bunch of guys, but I wouldn't mind having a few women thrown in there too. Cause, uh, it, it's always great to have everybody involved. 
No, absolutely. I mean, it's a, uh, it's definitely a family sport. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no, you know, sexist aspect to it at all. Um, you know, the more the merrier, uh, you know, I look at it. So yeah, no, uh, kudos, big thumbs up uh, to, to Jeep Mama. Hey guys, I want to uh, not only thank Tammy Jeep Mama for, uh, for this awesome interview, but also like to thank uh, somebody who would uh, normally, you guys would hear a spot about here as we would roll into what would normally be filled in the spot, which would be uh, the Amazon You Bought What segment. You guys are going to have to stay tuned for next week when we bring that segment back. But I don't want to go another minute without saying thank you to NOCO and telling you guys about these Genius Boost chargers. These things are probably one of the most quintessential items that you should have in both your vehicle and uh, your off-road vehicle and uh, in any other vehicle you have in the house. You're worried about something like a, a boost box being this small and not having the juice to, well spark up a four liter that's dead in the water. In fact, these things can hold a uh, charge up to a year. Good for 20 starts up to a six liter engine. Uh, that's right, guys. A big fat engine. These things can start just about any engine on the planet. And not only that, these things are super rugged. Check this thing. Stick check this stuff out. You guys have got to be seeing the live show to check out some of this stuff. Weatherproof connectors all around 12 volt output. This thing is idiot-proof, meaning you can't hook it up backwards. You're worried about your wife jumping the car. She had never touched a set of jumper cables in her life. This thing can be hooked up bass-ackwards and still function properly without killing itself. It'll actually tell you that it's not hooked up right. LED lights light up. Make sure you guys uh, tells you what you're be doing and, and all that. And it's a it's a one push one push button start. Easy to work. Even has light output. Ooh, lots of light <laughs> outputs, including strobe warning and even some uh, wigwag there. Guys, these things are the kind of stuff that you want to have in your vehicle. Genius Boost by NOCO. Go check them out and get one today. You can find them on Amazon.com. Yeah, and I think you can actually, uh, it has a USB plug on it, doesn't it, where you can actually power your cell phone and uh, charge it up. And I mean, my God, the does, thing does everything except make sandwiches and slice bread. Exactly. It is USB chargeable, or you can uh, hook it up to you know your wall plug or whatever uh, through the supplied USB cable. It even has a USB output. So if your uh, battery's getting low, you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere, don't necessarily need a boost, but you need some extra juice in the cell phone, this thing can charge up your cell phone, liggity split. Not to mention the lights as well, but also, guys, included in that is the cigarette lighter dongle. And this thing just plugs right into your cigarette lighter, and you can charge it right there. Everything you need here is in the kit. All is included. Guys, go out and get your NOCO GB30 Genius Boost Charger, Boost Charger, right now. Oh, and uh, I guess I'll go ahead and spill the beans. Uh, On upcoming Amazon You Bought Lot segments, we're going to be giving you an opportunity to get a free Genius Booster. That's right. You're going to be able to get free stuff. From the uh, XJ Talk Show. That's right, guys. We're going to be giving away no-co boosters in upcoming You Bought What segments. So if you wa- you guys want to get your hand on one of these absolutely free, well, you're going to have to tune into the XJ Talk Show. Yep. Tune in next week for more information, and it's going to be during our Amazon You Bought What segment. And uh, as you guys always, uh, um, as you guys know, that's every other week we do the Amazon. You bought what? Missed it this week. We had just too much stuff going on to uh, be able to cram some uh, Amazon. You bought what in there? So we'll be doing that next week and be giving you more information on how to win your own uh, Genius Boost uh, from NoCo. Now, Josh didn't misspeak. He said plural because we're going to be giving away more than one, and it won't be two. It'll be more than that. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So stick in there. 
That wraps it up for this week's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in our live audience. Big thanks to everybody who contributed. Steve, for another Jeep Archives. Lots of useful information there. Looking forward to more of those as well. Can't forget about John Prerunner 1982 for a great radio com tech. I'm actually going to be doing some research on both of those items. The uh, That cell phone case looks pretty cool. That's something uh, that uh, I think would really go well over on the, go over well on the trails. A lot of people would be interested in that stuff. And of course, Tammy, Jeep Mama for the awesome interview. Keep Jeeping out there, guys. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you guys are calling our 24-7 voicemail line, 503-675-4102-247. means nobody's going to answer that phone. We want to hear from you. Nobody will be answering it except a digital recorder waiting for you to say a few syllables. And, uh, oh, like we say, you don't have to keep it clean either. Uh, it's kind of fun bleeping this stuff. I just hope I don't miss anything, Josh, in my uh, quick efforts of editing, kind of like uh, Steve's uh, Steve segment. <laughs> I was going to say like a road guitar solo in there every now and again. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 all part of the all part of the fun and games guys speaking of fun and games head over to facebook check us out on twitter uh, stitcher radio tunein.com of course you can find us on itunes broadcasting live every week 10 p.m thursday central time over on youtube.com as well as xjtalkshow.com where you guys can find our entire show archive for free oh and i gotta mention xjtalk.com it's a forum about jeeps it's the reason why we're here and uh, yeah, it is XJ as in uh, Cherokee, but we uh, welcome uh, everybody uh, that has a Jeep over there. We even have a 2014 Jeep Cherokee uh, section. So, uh, and, and boy, is it just blowing up with posts. <laughs> so as you guys can see, it's uh, really easy to become part of the show. All you got to do is uh, drop us a line. Let us know you're interested. Let us know what you guys can do for the XJ Talk Show. And who knows, you might just end up on the air. Oh, yeah. And if you'd like to uh, do an interview, you've got an interesting story, a UFO abduction, uh, your Jeep came back with a new engine, anything like that, uh, just uh, send us an email at interviews at xjtalkshow.com. And please go check out friend of the show, Hidden Wounds XJ. They are doing some really good stuff, guys. Make sure you pop over to their Facebook page and help support the cause. Till next week, you guys have a great Jeep week. See you next time. Bye-bye.